for the News and Observer. I'm Don Vaughn, Capitol Bureau Chief and host of Under the Dome. You're listening to our podcast for the week of September 25th, 2023. Here today with my politics team's colleagues, Kyle Ingram and, and Avi Bajpai. The budget actually finally passed. We already know that Governor Cooper is going to let it become law without his signature. It went almost three months late, and I've, I know the final vote was on Friday the 22nd. But a lot of the key debate and vote was on the 21st night of September. So um, I'm just going to shout out myself for picking Earth, Wind and Fire as the headliner because that could have been the budget vote, which I missed on Thursday because I had a State House reporting fellowship for several days this past week with the National Press Foundation, where I learned a lot about how North Carolina compares to other states uh, with our legislature, our laws and other things. I'll talk more about another time. So. Anyway, what finally happened in the past uh, less than a week as people ago as people are listening to this is the casino deal, which was the last thing that was stopping the budget um, from from passing, um, was was finally cut out. And on Friday after final votes, after the floor session, uh, Senate Leader Berger, I use the phrase, why did you let casinos go? Because that's really what had yep. to have happened. Yep. He had to let it go. And some of for now. Right. Yes. Yes. So that's true. So some of what he said was um, he was talking about the facts not being at play. And I know he said that earlier. And he said, quote, the emotion that had taken hold, some of the wild accusations that were out there on social media and within private conversations and meetings were such that when you get to that point, it's very, very difficult to get a reasoned decision. So what happened in that a moment where like a leaked budget came out and then there was the deal, but it was just an avail, not a presser. Um, for listeners that don't understand how it works, usually the budget process will be a joint press conference with Speaker Moore and Leader Berger, and they will come out and all the budget writers come out and they'll tell us, but this was just- It's sort of like a show of force. Everyone's yeah. really happy, big smiles. So it was just Burger and Moore in the hallway where we had Gaggle sometimes Yeah, talking. very like, impromptu. Okay. 45 minutes notice. Yeah. Uh, none of us were expecting a deal. I don't think that quite. Yeah. Um, and with no details really at all on the contents of the budget, just the fact that casinos are out. We we kind of felt that we should have uh, seen something coming, something wild coming Tuesday night because the house was in session, but they kept going into recess and kept taking breaks. And then we heard that maybe some of these you know, there was this idea floated at the start of the week that, you know, casinos are sort of the sticking point. They can't get to an agreement. What if they just take casinos, uh, take them out of the budget as the House wanted, but crucially put them in a separate bill and put Medicaid expansion into that? That's something that Democrats had wanted. Well, they wanted that for several but, years. But why would... Medicaid as a Medicaid expansion as a separate bill would have only been needed from the arguments, you know, the past month if the budget was going to be so late that the state was just going to lose even more federal money or it was going into mini budget territory, which they kind of floated but never actually wanted. So yeah. was it at that point that the deal just wasn't happening and they wanted to put it in something I, else? Did I they think ever it was fairly clear that at the end of this last week, not this past week, but the week before, um, the House and Senate really were kind of at a standoff. The Senate was saying, Leader Berger was saying, uh, casinos have to be in the budget itself. Um, they can't move forward any other way. And then over the weekend, you hear that the House has come up with this idea. On like a Saturday morning. like Saturday morning yeah. conference call. 
I should note, we don't know exactly where this idea came up originally, but they discussed this on Saturday morning. They basically said, look, if the intent, if the goal is to get casinos across the finish line, maybe the way to do that from their perspective is make Medicaid expansion contingent on casinos mm -hmm. because lots of people want Medicaid expansion to go through. That's a pretty powerful incentive to get some more votes if the, if the question is uh, not having enough votes. Um, so anyways, uh, just to sort of um, uh, get to the point, um, we go into the beginning of this past week with a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. And Tuesday morning, Speaker Moore is telling reporters, uh, yeah, the House is ready. We're going to vote on a, on a budget bill and we're going to vote on a separate casinos and Medicaid bill. It's going to be Wednesday, Thursday. This is what we're doing. Um, we talked to we talked to Berger a few hours later, and he kind of throws cold water on it and says uh, talks are still going on. And then you know we were all there at the building. But that's kind of like last week where they're like, "I'm ready to vote on the budget." Yeah, no, I'm ready to exactly. vote on the budget, yeah. and that's not the same budget. It, but the week before, they were all really angry with each other. So yeah, were they, they stopped was, talking to to each other? Right. Early, so was that was Kyle? Was that anger palpable <laughs> this week, or was it just like? I don't know. Well, I mean, of course, they're going to put on, you know, a happy face when they're announcing this together. And they say that this is a decision that they've reached together. This is the best way to move forward and put our state, you know, towards a, a beneficial spending plan. But I think you could definitely sense some tension between House Speaker Tim Moore and Senate Leader Phil Berger. Um, I don't know the, the chambers have disagreed on things in the past, but I think we've typically expected the Senate to get their way. And this was a unexpected change. What was the deal announcement actually like? Was it Oh, by the way, and the raises are, well, let's talk it, quick about what's in the budget, right? Yeah. That it's 7% on average teacher raises, non-certified school personnel, an extra 2%. So bus drivers, the shortage has been a major problem across the state. That's a nine. Uh, it's uh, uh, spread over two years. Right. Well, yeah, all raises yeah. are over. Uh, it's a two-year spending plan. So there's a chance that next year and, the, and the law enforcement help with vacancy rates. Well, the the next year in the tech corrects budget, they could increase it a little bit, but it is over two years, and the amount is a little bit different. But the bus driver raises are are front loaded a little bit, so I believe it's like six percent that they get next year. So on average, seven percent for teachers, and of course that varies. With um, there's also the rural uh, teacher supplement, eleven percent as you were saying for troopers, big raises for. Um, big elected officials who already make six figures, so it's I think they're they're getting plenty, right? Yeah. And then the tax cuts sped up a little bit, or yeah, yeah. yeah. but tax. still further out in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah, lots lots of stuff in the budget. But just to go back really quickly to the deal, um, the deal was uh, the whole rollout of that, the announcement, not something I've sort of seen before, where they start early. They were supposed to start at seven fifteen, I think. They started at seven ten. Um, there were some camera crews and reporters who actually came in late and then they, uh, you know, Berger and Moore kind of acknowledged, yeah, sorry, we know, you know, we don't typically always start early. Um, it wasn't as joyful as as these joint pressers usually are, where, like we were saying, they're trying to show reporters, the media, the public, look, we spent months coming to a compromise, a consensus between House and Senate. Now we actually have it. It's going to help the state. Here it is. This was kind of more, a little more subdued, and it was basically a quick, uh, quick acknowledgement um, from Berger specifically. Look, uh, for whatever reason, um, I think it's pretty clear that it's basically a question about support among lawmakers. But for whatever reason, 
casinos are not moving forward, even though this was the sticking point for the last several weeks. And his his issue at the end. So what he said on Friday about with the um, letting it go, he said it wasn't with that moment. Why did they come and, and make that deal and tell reporters? I guess they were so ready to get over with. They started early, which is kind of like <laughs> yeah. legislative time is usually not early. It's oh, late, yeah. right? Um, Berger said he felt it wasn't going to improve in the short run and that letting it play out over more days, weeks, a month uh, as the budget continued to be delayed was, quote, not in the best interest of the state so did is that pretty much sum up what that was actually like with that moment that yeah. here the deal is here and this is it and yeah you, i mean you have more also saying uh something to the effect of you know they kind of realized they don't want any single issue holding up the budget um it was interesting uh right before it was kind of hard to get uh the senate to admit that this was the sticking point mm-hmm. but you kind of had that admission All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, before we get to Headliner of the Week, we'll talk about uh, a little bit of more drama and and weirdness at the building and what that means going forward. And as again, as you're listening to this, you're only about a week away from the state budget becoming law since Governor Cooper already said that he'll let it become law without a signature after the 10th day. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn here with politics reporters Avi Bajpai and Kyle Ingram. Before the break, we were talking about everything in the budget as far as the drama of the last deal or no deal, really, with casinos and this already being almost three months late. And by the time that Cooper lets it become law with a signature on the 10th day um, since it's been on his desk, right, it'll, it'll be three months late. So North Carolina is kind of an outlier in outlier in putting policy in a budget. There are other states that do it, but with in North Carolina, it's just what they do now. And some of that showed up controversial things because why would you shove policy into a budget if it wasn't going to be controversial? Six hundred fifty page document. Right. So that's about thirty billion dollars of taxpayer money being spent this year and next year. And the uh, Republican supermajority gets to decide um, where it goes and what the what the policy is. So GovOps, which is relatively new, I feel like GovOps is just a couple years old now or less. That is led by Berger and Moore. Berger was pressed about this on the after the final vote, saying that well, there's staff from both parties on it, but it still is controlled by the um, sure. whoever has control yeah. of. Of the legislature, so GovOps gets more gets more power, and the press and the public gets less power in another way. So, Kyle, um, bring people up to speed if they just saw maybe the headlines and didn't understand what's going on with public records. Yeah, it's pretty extensive rollback of existing public records law in North Carolina. So, generally, the members of the public, which includes the media, are entitled to request certain records from elected officials. Now, legislators can already claim broad exemptions to that. But this budget has a provision in it that really pretty much entirely exempts them from public records law. It says that they are not required to furnish any records that they don't believe are public record. And when we were working off a draft copy of this budget before the final one came out, there was a section that was much more, somewhat more subtle about this. It was reinforcing that lawmakers are custodians of their own records and they get to determine what is public record. And we asked Senate Leader Phil Berger about that and said, why is this in here? And he said... Well, that's not intended to make them able to deny public records requests to members of the public. He said it's to address this dispute with the Department of Natural and Cultural Resources, which sort of handles the historical archive of the state. 
But then when we get this final budget copy, there's an entirely new part that very explicitly says that members of the public are not entitled to records from lawmakers. So it sort of negated what we had heard earlier about why that, that initial section was in there. We also heard from this department mm -hmm. this week that maybe that yes. uh, stated reason is maybe not. They said they were not aware of any dispute. Yeah. So um, we should mention really quickly the similar language in the budget over redistricting. Yeah. It repeals an entire section of existing law, which makes. So whenever we go through a redistricting process and new congressional legislative maps are drawn, during the drafting process, most of those materials are confidential. But when a new map is approved, all of the communications and drafts that led up to the new maps become public record. That entire section of the law is repealed. We no longer get those drafts anymore. And we've been through a bunch of gerrymandering trials in North Carolina where those drafts have been important in determining what all went on. So Senator Berger was asked about that on Friday after the final vote by our um, press corps colleague, um, was Laura Leslie with WRL, I believe. And she asked about why the stipulation with redistricting records, just, just why, why is it in there? Yeah. And Berger said, I'll have to take a look at that a little more carefully to fully appreciate and understand any nuance that might be in the argument that's being made. Um, and this, again, this is my just I'm reading the transcript from Berger talking to us on, on Friday. And he went on and said, remember, a lot of the redistricting things that take place are controlled by what the courts will tell us with federal and state courts as to what um, that information is. So that's what it, what his response was. Well, and also, we have gotten no one to really take responsibility for adding these sections about public records into the budget. Mm. And no one seems to acknowledge how they were put there, why they were put there. Yeah, we've heard different uh, answers mm -hmm. ranging from uh, leaders saying they don't know where it came from to, uh, you know, basically it's been three, four days now since the language has been out and no one is really yeah. owning up. To so it. I'll point out that all of our stories includes our contact information, our email address and phone numbers and social media, uh, Devon at newsobserver.com, A Bajpai at newsobserver.com, K Ingram at newsobserver.com. If if you know or think you know who put it in the budget, uh, we would like to know, too. And we yeah. would like to tell the public about it, yeah. you know, because, yeah, it's good to tell the public things, right? <laughs> That's our job. All right. So before we get to headliner of the week, something else related to power dynamics in the legislative building happened this week. And we're pretty familiar with it because it's where we hang out in the building. And Avi, you uh, took a picture of, wait, what's this? What's going on over here? Because... The signage changed on a door in the uh, legislative building basement. So Yeah, a small room uh, in the basement of the building right off of the hallway where the press room is. Uh, we were told used to be as of uh, Thursday morning a supply closet. Right, I've seen supplies uh, in there. And uh, it suddenly, as of Thursday late morning afternoon, had a sign that said Representative Terrence Everett, um, who is, of course, a House member, Democrat from Wake County, um, so he's been real critical of Speaker Moore, especially oh, yeah. with the lawsuit where Moore was accused of changing of exchanging uh, political favors for sexual favors. Yeah, he asked, uh, reached out to prosecutors last month uh, in August, um, asked the Wake County District Attorney to uh, look at maybe a potential investigation into Speaker mm -hmm. Moore. Um, that generated some headlines, and. We didn't really see an immediate response uh, of any kind, maybe even like an acknowledgement of it from from Moore. And then yesterday we find out that um, Everett had had his office on the first floor where all the other offices are um, and that he had suddenly been moved to this little supply closet um, 
we also got an we so we got we get this letter from Moore's office. Oh, the exchanging of the letters. The well, letter several, from Moore, the letter from Reeves, the letter the letter from from Paul Lowe as well. Right, I saw several, Lowe. Yeah, several uh, all on official letterhead. Yeah, official letterhead. Um, basically, just to, to get to the story real quick, um, you have this is a tense week. It's sort of like the last week or one of the final weeks of session. Um, and tensions kind of, uh, emotions are kind of, um, this is kind of high and, uh, this just the back and forth between them in a very formal way of dissing each other, I guess would yeah. be the, uh, we need to get to headliner before we're out of time. Yeah. Uh, we could talk more about that sure. in the future. Uh, I think your headliner is related. So why don't you, Avi, why don't you tell us your, your, who or what is your headliner of the week? Yeah. So one of the perks of being at the building until midnight is <laughs> seeing what, uh, lawmakers choose in terms of refreshments for everyone, for all of their colleagues. So uh, Kyle and I were at the building last night, um, past midnight, Thursday night, yeah. And uh, we saw huge uh, sort of bags of popcorn. Um, I think there was some fresh coffee. Uh, yeah. Lots of bucks and donuts, box. yeah. Um, and then Representative Everett, who was moving into his new office, um, actually, when we were, I think, away from the building, stopped by the press room and uh, had some cupcakes. So lots of, lots of food. So the General Assembly police is down there, too, next to the press room and human resources and the cafeteria services manager. And, of course, everyone that works in the cafeteria and the snack bar. So um, welcome to the dungeon, yep. the rest of us, Representative Everett. Um, all right, uh, Kyle, who or what is your headliner of the week? Yeah, after this crazy week, I am taking a much-needed mini-vacation to New York next weekend. So you will not see me on the podcast. Uh, my headliner is where I uh, was for the uh, majority of this past week. It was um, a work trip, but also fun. Um, as I'd mentioned at the top of the show, this uh, State House Reporting Fellowship through the National, National Press Foundation. And, and one of the speakers there is how I knew I'd asked about, like, is it usual for policy to go on budgets? And the Conference of State Legislature said, actually, no. You know, so I learned a, a lot of different different things there. So anyway, my headliner it's really a toss-up between Wisconsin cheese and I've got to say the Wisconsin beer cheese soup from the Old Fashioned, which is a place near the state capitol building where a lot of um, people that work in Wisconsin uh, state politics go. It was pretty good. It's like but, beer soup? Yeah, it was like beer cheese soup. I know it sounds gross, <laughs> but it was delicious. And I ate a lot of cheese curds and I'm 99% cheese uh, for, yeah, anyway. So, but the capitol building in Wisconsin... It, I mean, it's really, it's breathtaking. It's yeah. all three branches of government. It's just a glorious display of architecture. It really is, it is just amazing. But also, this was a tour of 20-some uh, state government reporters, right? So we're all like, what would it cost now? And what's that? And why do they do that? And where's that? And everything. And it was, um, anyway, it would cost because someone asked and somebody knew a couple billion dollars to build the Wisconsin state capitol today. And can you even imagine if that came up in North Carolina, considering they didn't even build the tunnel? So anyway, on, on that note, we're out of time. Um, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Avi. And we'll have more for you next week when the state budget becomes, becomes law and Medicaid expansion actually goes into effect. So uh, for the News and Observer, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider. 
and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com newsletters. Thanks for listening.